Hi, welcome to the Career Refresh Podcast. I'm your host, Jill Griffin. I'm a former media and marketing executive turned career strategist and executive coach. I spent my career working my way up and through the ranks of global organizations and startups. And today I show others how to do the same. Join me each week as we discuss the strategies and actionable steps to leverage your strengths, increase your confidence, and develop your career well-being. Ready? Let's do it. Hey friends, welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Jill Griffin. This week, I'm sharing an interview that I recently did with Nicole Khalil. She is a speaker, a confident Sherpa, and is the author of Validation is for Parking, How Women Can Beat the Confidence Con. Nicole's passion for eliminating gender expectations and redefining women's work is what keeps her up at night, and it's also what gets her up in the morning. She is a leadership strategist, a respected coach, and is also the host of This Women's Work podcast. I wanted to have Nicole on my show, one, because I think her new book is phenomenal, and while she does focus on women, this is for all genders. In this episode, Nicole defines what confidence is and what it isn't. We also discuss the five steps to building confidence, what damages our confidence and what we can do to protect ourselves. And lastly, we discuss how you can build your confidence recovery plan. I'm going to put all of Nicole's information in the show notes, also where you can get her new book. And I as always, want to hear from you. So any questions, any thoughts, any comments, please email me at hello at jillgriffincoaching.com and I will see you on the other side. Thanks friends. This is a goodie. I know you're going to enjoy it. Welcome, Nicole. Thanks, Jill, for having me. I'm excited to be here. Well, I want to get into it with you. And what I talk to all of my guests about is take us back to the early years. I want to know, what did you think you wanted to be when you grew up? Yeah. So I didn't think I knew, right? Like when I was a kid, I knew I wanted to be a teacher. It was um, third grade when I had, you know, that one teacher that made the biggest difference in my life. And I decided I wanted to be that for somebody else. So I actually went and got my teaching credential, um, did student teaching, you know, was about to be assigned to my teaching position, when I had what I call my mini meltdown, uh, when I <laughs> recognized that I didn't actually want to do the work that I thought I wanted to do. And so I took a step back and, and, and kind of career searched a, a little bit. Um, I knew I wanted to teach. I wanted to educate. I wanted to empower. I wanted to make an impact. Those things have never changed. But I, the format in which I wanted to do that certainly changed from what I thought I wanted to do when I was a kid. Oh, and I think because I know what you do today, I want listeners to see that too and see that connection of those those early ideas of teaching and how that threads through your work today. So I want to also touch on, you had a very long successful career at Northwestern Mutual. You were the first female development officer in the company's history, and that is tremendous. Take us through high level points of your career journey. How did you get from that initial thought of, I'm going to teach to, no, I'm not going to teach, and then becoming the chief development officer? 
Yeah. So follow this for a second. My cousin's best friend's father worked at Northwestern Mutual and got me an interview. (laughs) I had no interest in getting into finance. Um, I didn't even know what a 401k was. Like there was no, you know, like desire in the early part. But as I started interviewing with the company and learning about what they did and the role I was uh, interviewing for involved a lot of uh, you know, teaching, coaching, uh, training. Mm. And so I, I, I'll be honest, I, I started at the company from more of a, like, this will pay the bills and it's interesting to me. Okay. Uh, and it evolved from there. I did um, grow very rapidly uh, into different positions. I ended up moving uh, locations. So I was down in Southern California and then ended up moving to the LA area. Um and, and I mean, I was just kind of racking up professional successes left and right uh, in a very male-dominated industry. Finance is still very male-dominated today. Mm-hmm. And so I was pretty used to being one of the few, if not the only woman in the room. The higher I got, the more obvious that was. Um, and I will be upfront in that early on in my career, being a woman in finance, being a woman leader, being, you know, at the women's events had no interest to me. So it's sort of ironic what (laughs) I am passionate about and do for a living today. I just wanted to be a great leader. I didn't want to be a great woman leader. I just wanted to, you know, grow the career. I didn't, I didn't have this idea of, you know, helping other women or bringing them up behind me. And that really changed through the process to recognizing how lonely I felt, how um, unconsciously or consciously, there are so many environments that I found myself in that weren't inclusive, that weren't designed with somebody like me in mind. Uh, and, And then once I had my daughter, that really, I think, you know, became a much bigger priority for me is the idea of her uh, applying for jobs or, or or having career aspirations and having to face similar roadblocks or similar challenges that I had with that, that made me super uncomfortable. And mm-hmm. so I think all of those things combined uh, led me to where I am today. But yeah, I mean, for 15 years, I, I you know, chased promotions and, and it had professional successes and things looked really, really, really good from the outside looking in. Um, but it was also a really challenging time for me because I was living very inauthentically. I was trying to be like one of the guys and and trying to be like everybody else around me and, um, wasn't being very honest about my strengths, my unique abilities, my talents, my superpowers, and really what makes me, me. And, and, and I think the person it hurt the most was me. Mm. Mm. Yeah. I hear that so often from people. It's like the job on the resume or the LinkedIn profile looks outstanding. You've worked so hard and for a long time to get to a particular pinnacle or a title or a level in your career. And then you're there and it's like, you're itchy on the inside. You're like, mm-hmm. this isn't actually, there's something off and it takes us some time to figure that out. How do yeah. you think you figured out what exactly was the problem? I, I mean, I can take it to a specific moment. I can vividly remember standing in our massive conference room and um, they had just announced my promotion to chief development officer. I was probably the only 
person with the title chief uh, in front of their name in, in, in the like 160 year history. And um, I was excited for about three minutes before all the fear and doubt and overwhelm. And why did I get this position? Are people going to like me more? Are people going to respect me? Did I disappoint anybody? What, like all the noise started flooding in. And it became apparent to me in that moment that not only did I not know what confidence was, I didn't have any of it. Mm. And I was... I felt like such a, 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 a fraud. I felt like such a con artist. Mm-hmm. And um, it became very important to me to not live that way. I, I, I just didn't like it. I didn't like the feeling in my own skin. I didn't like, you know, questioning how I was going to show up or who I was going to be depending on who I was sitting in front of. And I was lonely on the weekends and I had an above average spending problem to go along with my above average income. And, and, and I was tired of looking the part, but not, not being uh, the person I wanted to be. And so that began a, what's going to be a lifelong journey in, in understanding what confidence is, what it isn't, what actually builds it and how important it is specifically for those of us who identify as women to reconnect back to our confidence because societal expectations, our upbringing, um, professional environments, a lot of those things for many of us are serving to separate us from our confidence, not grow and build it, um, which is incredibly hard given that we're surrounded by people telling us all the time to be confident. And of course, being confident impacts literally every aspect of your life, especially career and and and. Yeah success and all that fun stuff. Yeah. So then let's go a little deeper. So your, your new book is the confidence con and you're talking about confidence. So, so you said defining it. So how would you actually define it? Yeah. So my definition of confidence is when you know who you are, own who you're not and choose to embrace all of it. And so (laughs) there is an element for sure of self-awareness definitely of self-acceptance and then of, uh, you know, this embracing yourself, this really being your own encourager, your own, um, you know, biggest cheerleader type thing. Uh, But if that definition is a little too long to remember, I'm going to really simplify it. Confidence is when you trust yourself. The con, I call this the confidence con. The con is we have begun to believe that confidence has to do with how we look and how we feel, right? If if we are, feel happy, then we must be feeling confident. If we feel attractive, then we must be feeling confident. If we look a certain way, achieve a certain thing, reach a certain goal, get a certain level of income, if the scale says a certain number, then we'll feel confident. And, and so what we've created is this idea that confidence is something outside of us. It's something right. we right. need to get, right? Like someone or something out there is holding on to, and we are playing this weird game of where is Waldo trying to find it and, and get it back. That's not confidence. Confidence is when you trust yourself. The root of the word, the etymology of the word is firm and bold trust. Mm. And so the good news, in my opinion, is, is that confidence is definitely a skill any of us can develop anytime we want. And it's also a choice that we can make anytime we want. We can choose to trust ourselves anytime we want. 
And now for some of this, this is harder than others because we're out of practice, but that doesn't mean it's not available to us at all times. Okay. So let's get really crisp with it. Like give the listeners an example, like what actually works to build confidence? Yeah. So um, there are very many things, uh, but I've, I've highlighted five in my book. Uh, action builds confidence. That's the first and probably most impactful confidence builder. We can't think our way into confidence. We can't hope our way into confidence. We act our way into confidence. It's how we demonstrate the trust that we have in ourselves. So it could be, you know, a little risk. Uh, It could be an action step towards what really matters or a goal or something that you want to accomplish, something you want to do or say. Um, I think a lot of times we think of this as like big, you know, you got to jump into the deep end of the pool. Action can be toe touching too. Action can be little risks built up over time leads to build confidence. Action can be one foot in front of the other. Some days the action is just getting out of bed, Um, but action builds confidence. I I can't say that enough. Okay. The second confidence builder is failure and making mistakes and loss and, and missteps. And I know that that is shocking to hear, but real deep trust gets built during hard times more than it does during easy or good times. So easy to trust ourselves when everything's going according to plan and everything's working out the way it's quote unquote supposed to. Right, right. Trusting yourself when the you-know-what hits the fan, that is where the real magic can happen. Now, I am not suggesting that it doesn't suck <laughs> when you're <laughs> failing or when you've made a mistake. Sure. It's awful. But that's where you really get to choose to trust yourself. And that's where you can really do <laughs> big confidence building. Um, I'll, I'll just rattle off a few yeah. more Um Giving yourself grace on the journey, how you talk to yourself matters, being kind, saying more productive, more empowered things to yourself versus the crap we often do say that we would really never, ever say to somebody else that we love, but somehow we get away with saying it to ourselves. Hmm. So giving yourself grace on the journey is the third. Uh, The fourth confidence builder is choosing confidence. And I know that sounds like, uh, duh, or like sort of an oversimplification, (laughs) But what I wanted to do is distinguish between confidence being a feeling and it being a choice and that we can choose it any time we want. And that we're probably doing this far more often in our lives than we're giving ourselves credit for. Think about if you had a bad you know, day and then you need to go pick up your kids if you have them. A lot of times we pick ourselves up and dust ourselves off and choose confidence right before we go see our child. And we just don't recognize that that's what we're doing. Or if we left a bad meeting at work and have to go into another meeting, we typically, you know, choose to show up good into the next meeting. Um, so choosing confidence. And then finally, the fifth confidence builder is is all the things that we can do to build confidence internally and understanding that that's the only way to build it. Confidence doesn't get built outside of us. It gets built Inside. inside. And so there are lots of things that we can do, like keeping our commitments, communicating healthy boundaries, using our voice, standing up for ourselves, um, asking for what we want or need. There are so many, so many things that we can do, but I would just leave you with this thought. Whatever has you trust another person or whatever has other people trust you, that's probably the best hint at how you're going to build trust within yourself. It tells mm. you what matters to you as it relates 
to trusting people. And so that <laughs> is good insight into how you yeah. would begin to trust yourself. So I just want to recap. So I'm hearing you say that act or get into action, trust yourself, have some grace for yourself, meaning watch the self talk, really make sure that you're focusing on the empowering things. Choose confidence, right? And I love the analogy of, you know, getting ready for to being around children or picking up your own children. You're not going to bring the drama or the upset of the failure that you had today at work to your kids, right? Because you want to be your best self and you're choosing confidence in front of them. And then lastly is building it internally through what I heard you say, but what I would phrase, like esteemable acts, like doing things that are going to continue to build that confidence. I love that. I mean, I think it's a really easy formula that people can chart out and like check back in with themselves when, you know, they're having a challenge, they're feeling that the, the wind just got sucked out of their confidence and they're like, how do I get out of bed today? That thing happened yesterday. I got fired, right? That's happening now. There are layoffs, people are getting layoff and fired and how they, you know, really get themselves. So when the, when the circumstance is always outside of ourselves, but when the circumstance outside of ourselves does a swing or takes a, a hit at our confidence, how do we best protect ourselves? Yeah. So um, there are lots of things, but first, you know, experience your experience. Uh, if you have emotions, whether it's frustration, anger, sadness, letting ourselves experience those emotions, I think are really important. When we discount or set aside or don't allow ourselves to honor our feelings, we chip away at the trust we have in ourselves. We're literally telling ourselves the way you feel is bad or wrong. How do we trust ourselves if we're, if we're not listening to ourselves? So, you know, I think it's okay. Uh, and, and I do think there's a gender elements, some of, as it relates to like certain emotions as a woman, I'm not allowed anger at the same level. My male counterparts are as a man, they are not allowed sadness at the same level their female counterparts right. are. And so I, I think that there is something about allowing us to experience authentically our feelings. Now, mm. we can't, I, I, my coach always says, it's okay to have your feelings, but your feelings can't have you. And I love that. So uh, have your feelings, but then remember action builds confidence. So on those crappy days, on the days where it, you, know, it, you feel awful, um, getting back into positive and productive action is typically the last thing we want to do but the most impactful thing that we can do. I've created with a lot of the women that I work with something called a recovery plan where we list out all the things that give us energy, that remind us what's important, that motivate us, that make us laugh. And we write them down ahead of time. So when we have one of those days, we um, don't have to, you know, because when I have a crappy day, my mind and my body tells me to drink a glass of wine. And by glass, I mean bottle. And, <laughs> you know, binge watch TV. That's what my mind and body wants to do on a, on a bad day. Now I have my recovery plan that tells me other options that I can do. I can Google quotes on tenacity until I start feeling tenacious. I can phone a friend. I can read my vision statement. I can pull out my feel-good folder where I keep notes of anybody who's said anything that I've done that's impacted them positively or that's made a difference so that it reminds me that I matter and my work matters. Um, there are so many things that we could put on a recovery plan, but the important thing really is 
experience your experience, allow yourself your feelings, and then get back into positive and productive action and having a list of things that you can do when you're not really feeling like doing anything at all can be really helpful uh, so that you get back into action, so that you get back to putting one foot in front of the other towards what really matters sooner and and, and faster than you would if left to your own devices. Mm. And I, I would imagine also having that recovery plan, you know, Perhaps it's on a post-it, perhaps it's uh, taped on your bathroom mirror, perhaps it's in a calendar invite for 6 a.m. where no one's going to see it, so that you can remind yourself so that when you're in the moment, you may not always know how to get out of it, but you remember where to go find your recovery plan. And then there's an idea in front of you. It's so smart. You got so. it. You got it. So I always say a good recovery plan really needs to be three things. It needs to be written, right? Because again, our, our brain won't come up with productive things in those moments. It needs to be customized to you. So like what works for me might not work for you. I know a ton of people who have like working out or running on their recovery plan. Good for them. It makes perfect sense. It releases endorphins and and all that. I don't run unless something's chasing me. So that is not on my recovery plan. Like that isn't gonna make me, that's just gonna make me feel worse. Mm -hmm. So it needs to be customized to you. It needs to be something that gives you energy, that motivates you and reminds you what's important. And then finally, to your point, Jill, it needs to be accessible, right? So I have it on my desktop. I have a printed out version in my desk. I have one in my glove compartment in my car. I have, um, I had one at my office when I, you know, went to a separate office for work, bedside table, wherever, wherever it is easy for you to grab it when you need it. Mm, I love that. So tell everyone where they can find you and your book. Yeah. Okay. So uh, the best place to find me is my website, NicoleKhalil.com. The book is called Validation is for Parking, How Women Can Beat the Confidence Con, and is available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble. You'll also find it on my website if, if you want to look there. Um, and yeah, I mean, I have my podcast, This is Woman's Work, but I would say uh, the website and, and Amazon are probably your best bets if you want to find me or the book. <laughs> awesome. And I will put all of your information, your website, your podcast, and where to find the book in the show notes so that everyone can get that for themselves. Thank you so much. This is really, it's really important work. And I think as you know, confidence is always something that we need to be thinking about, but I feel like we keep saying that we're in unprecedented times. And right now with everything that is going on for our individual lives and what's going on socially, being able to tap into confidence and know, because that's going to also create your resilience and your resourcefulness and the ways that you can show up for whatever it is that you want to show up for in life. So really important work, Nicole. Thank you. You're welcome. And if I could just quickly add one of the challenges too, is we're getting so much misinformation and mixed information about what confidence is and how you build it. And that can be really confusing during these very difficult times, you know, if, if you have confidence as I need to succeed, I need to achieve, I need to, you know, it, it, if X happens, then I'll feel confident. If, you know, if I get a certain amount of followers or a certain amount of likes or whatever the case may be, it is going to be an even harder uphill battle to build that trust in yourself. So try to ignore the noise and, and, and go back to trusting yourself. And finding it internally. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. I really thank you. Take care. Bye. Hey. 
Hey, thanks for listening to the Career Refresh Podcast. If you're enjoying this and you want more information, go to my website, jillgriffincoaching.com. There you can find information on how to work with me one-on-one or my group programs, or even bring me into your workplace. I'll put the link to my website in the show notes. But hey, listen, before you go, do me a favor, rate and review this podcast because it definitely helps me get the word out to people everywhere so that they can also thrive in the workplace. All right, friends, I appreciate you. I'll see you soon.